I'll come back. 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 We are live. We will go. Our chat room seems to be silent. It's great. I'm doing my blog post. Yeah. Well, you have to start the show in like literally 30 seconds here, Priest. I know. It's already on. Yeah, so hope your blog post was done. Yeah, my I know, end. it's done. On my end, it says we're two minutes late. I know. We are two minutes late. So we're going to do an extra fast countdown. One. Hello, and welcome to the Barcast, where the bar gets lower every single week. The bartenders this evening will be a non-pencil. Enigmatic Otaku. Dead. Elk. <laughs> Dead. Ravage. Boy. My name's Flutter Priest, and there's still time to save her. We Flutter have a very special guest this week. Her name, uh... Wow! My life. I tried to do something cool, and I mess up basic things. That's what I meant to ask. That's what I forgot. Continue, though. <laughs> We have someone that has been recommended by you guys, a really wonderful individual that does a lot of really great work in the fandom. We have Vivid Syntax. Vivid, thank you. For thank you for having me. For those who have never tuned in before, thank you for joining. We're a community-centered podcast. You suggest the guests. We get them on. You ask the questions. We make them miserable for two hours, and all proceeds go to horse rescue charities. If you want to catch up on previous ones that we've done, such as Bill Newton, the voice of Rice Mac. Uh, Rice Mac, you heard it here, right, yeah. <laughs> and, and someone called a non-pencil. Hey. Be, sure, be sure to go check us out on iTunes, Google Play Music, SoundCloud, YouTube, and all places where you can digest things in your ear holes. We are also on Twitch right now, which the lovely non-pencil will be watching for a while. Pencil is an example of questions we want to ask our guest. I will not be asking our wonderful guest anything about religion, anything about politics, anything about their actual location. But other than that, they're pretty solid sounding. I think they're prepared, or at least they think they are. So let loose with other questions you might want to ask. You are welcome to do so. All right. So without further ado, let's jump into some actual interview-based well, questions. Well, wait, no, 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 no. There's a special game we play here on the podcast, isn't there? Yes. And what's the what's the game we play, Priest? Uh, how big is your penis? No, we play a drinking game. We have a drinking yeah. word. We do a drinking thing, and we drink every time we say a word. The word this week is fuck. Like fuck, I messed everything up. Yay! So, without further ado, we have actual interview questions. Let's jump into the thick of it. Uh, number one, Vivid, let's do a basic introduction. Uh, who are you and what do you do in the fandom? My name is Vivid Syntax. I've been a writer in the fandom for yeah, since 2013 or so. Uh, most of what I do these days is behind the scenes at Winnie City PonyCon and uh, Pony Club Ciderfest. I'm going to be on staff for BronyCon next year. Uh, did some work at MLP on Space, and mostly I do convention running stuff. Yay! What do you typically do for conventions? 
right now, I'm the programming director for Winnie City and Pon uh, Ponyville Cider Fest. So I've got a staff of about uh, 40 or 50 people that roll up to me in one way or another. I help my managers out with to you know some special events if there's events at the Grand Galloping Gala to things like the charity auction to all the panels and stuff you see part of the show that we're putting on um, then I oversee it yay that's awesome so you're kind of one of the people that sits in the background that makes our fandom really happen it happen I just make it so you guys have a good time and have some place to hang out Hell you're yeah. welcome so let's learn a little more about you uh, how did you personally get into the fandom? Yeah, I was back in, uh, in season one. I was in college, and I was on the internet like a fucking fool. Uh, and I had heard about the show My Little Pony, and I decided, I like cartoons. We'll check it out. Um, and everyone's told where I watched one episode, and it was a cliffhanger. And then, oh, shit, I got to go another, gotta go another one. And then soon I had like binged the whole first half of the first season. And it was all downhill from there. Ah, oh, damn it. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> no, we totally that's how it tends to go. Yeah. Next question is, uh, what do you consider your favorite part of the fandom? The online community, fanfics, the conventions, music? I think since the community, definitely. I've enjoyed working with everybody on the convention scene. I wish I had more time to just sit down and fucking read fanfiction, but I don't much anymore. Um, but I've loved it. Just getting to interact with people and just seeing people smile is like, it, make, it makes everything worthwhile. Aww, that's happy as fuck. I want to say something about Smile Song, but nah, man. We're not going to do terribly that. Terribly cliche. That is terribly cliche. <laughs> you can do better than that. Uh, if smile. One... Smiles as long as a mile. Keep wow. drinking, by the way. We've said fuck quite a few times. Fuck. <laughs> yep. If there is one thing you could say to your followers or fans, what would it be? Oh, what the fuck you listen to me? Um, <laughs> there are so many smarter, better people out there. What is wrong with you? You're wasting your opportunity. <laughs> well, who I, do you look up to then? Who do I like to look up to? Yeah. Jesus. Like, so <laughs> I mean, Charlie Wordley, a lot of the people that... I look up to people who aren't afraid to just do shit, who say there's a really cool thing that needs to happen and they actually get that shit done, where they're willing to put themselves on the line and make make something out of nothing. I think it, the whole creation process, whether it's fan fiction or art or making a fucking convention happen, it's such an immense amount of work that anybody who can pull that, uh, pull that stuff off successfully is just a winner in my book. Well said, well said. Now that said, we gotta run you through the ringer. We gotta ask the question that ruins lives. It's time. I think you know the question I'm gonna ask. Yes, go ahead. Who is best pony? Oh, Soren. What kind of question is that? Wow. Who is this one. person? That's the first Soren we've gotten. <laughs> God, you got a lot of stupid guests on the show. It's wow. so true. Like we had Enigma. Wow. <laughs> a good day. <laughs> Love you, nigga. All right. Uh, so let's jump out to the actual thread on Pim Fiction. Unless there are any questions in the chat we need to follow up on, Pencil? There are. Lone Trooper, Rundown Jet, and Cyber Drake all want to know, how big is your dick? 
Uh, the problem is I'm a statistician in real life, so I'm going to give you a very numbersy answer. Uh, in terms of length among people I've been with, I'm at about probably the 50th percentile, and in thickness, I'm probably at around a 65 to 70th percentile. You know what they say, you can always find a way to lie with statistics. <laughs> All right, yeah. that said, let's jump into the thread, where we're starting right off the bat with Dark Angel. So you know what that means. It's time to get sad. Jesus Christ, we're starting dark. Here we go. Number one. Are you truly happy with what you've done with your life? Lying is permitted. I'm happy. Who isn't happy with their life? I've got a lovely husband, a wonderful house, a successful career. I get to spend my time with ponies. I'm sure everyone's life is as blessed and wonderful as mine. Mm. That's amazing! I hope you die. <laughs> anyway, line. question number two, do you regret anything? I made a kid atheist at church camp, which I feel pretty bad about. Oh. Careful now, we have some rules. Oh, man. Uh, number three, have you forgotten your joy? forget what you never had in the first place. Oh. Number four. Why do we hide inside these walls? Presumably because we don't want to wear pants and there's laws against like indecent exposure. Yes! Thank you! <laughs> oh, clothing optional homes. It's a thing. All right. It's true. It's a clothing op- it's a clothing optional podcast, I assume, right? It oh, is. Yeah. I am naked in, right now. I'm in a very state of undress. I mean, I would say I assume milk is always naked for our podcasts. I'm just really drunk, but I wear full clothes. I I even have my work boots on still. I like them. See, I'd like to right now, but given where I am, I'm gonna end up on a list. <laughs> yeah, he's in McDonald's. He's not allowed to get naked. And <laughs> Rav, I'm pretty sure Rav is just in a perpetual state of emotional nudity. Probably. <laughs> Enigma, I've been dying for three weeks. Does your does your McDonald's have a jungle gym? No, it's one of those modernized ones where they got oh, rid that of those, sucks. where they where they got rid of your childhood. Okay. Now then, we have questions from Hawthorne Bunny. Number one, uh, Vivid Santex, are you named after this Adam Text editor theme, or if not, where did your name come from? Um, mostly I'm just bad at naming shit, so I don't know. I like the word vivid. Um, syntax refers to both like writing and what I do in my day job. I'm a statistician, so I write a lot of computer code, and I thought like I can combine those two in a way that's really clever, and like most things I try to do, it was much less clever than I thought it would be. I think that's smart, though. Like, I, I get it. It's That's cool. Number two. Yeah. What do you prefer, Soren's old or new cutie mark? I think you mean Soren's only cutie mark, which is the lightning bolt with the wave. Uh, he was just wearing pants in that one episode. What are you talking about? He's always had this cutie mark. <laughs> Wait, they, they changed it? Like Nurse Redheart, yeah. Wow. Deni- denial's the strongest medicine. Number three. Which would you rather eat right now, 
a brave or an apple, a carrot cake, or a cheese sandwich. I think I think he's referring to the to the penis. Oh, oh I don't yeah. Eating out names? Oh, you poor summer child. Uh. Hello. I, I, I oh, I think you were cutting out there for a second. Sorry about that. Um. Sorry, no worries. I'll go with Braeburn. Uh, Braeburn, got it, got it, got it. All right. Place that in. And now then, uh, there's a bonus statistics section, I'm guessing, uh, because stats, which lists various uh, Soren and Braeburn uh, character tag romance fix, which is interesting. Cool. Now then. I'm actually oh, surprised that Shining's only in 10 fix with Braeburn. But anyway. Eh. Let's don't really complement each other as well. I, I, I get it. Now then, the next questions are from Rundown Jet, who asks, are you ready for some spooky? Too bad, because I'm already there. Number one, what is your favorite meal, snack, or food stuff that's really unhealthy, but just so freaking good? Oh, man. I'm a lover of poutine. Poutine is so fucking delicious. Yes! <laughs> Are, are, are you, do you happen to be a Canadian? In Minnesota, which is like Canadian light. Yeah, so. you're, you're the only place that can like get that good shit, that really good like poutine in America. I, I understand. You also have a pretty okay hockey team. Just, just got to put that out there. Do we? I don't really do sports. Uh, oh. Oh. oh, ouch. Well, okay. Number mm. two, and I just alienated half the audience. Excellent. No, 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 just me. Just, just me. It's okay. <laughs> what is the biggest or weirdest fear that you have? God, fish. I think. Fish. That's fish. You live in some of the best fishing in the country. I know, and that's the fucking problem. So, okay, so I was. I was five years old, and we were on this family vacation, and my dad and my uncle were out of the dock, and they were just fucking shit-faced. Um, and I walk out there, and my uncle pulls in this fish. It's called a bullhead fish, mm -hmm. and something, but he just kind of swears at it, and like, ah, oh, the fucking bullhead. Um, he decides to crush it under his boot, and then the eyeball pops out of the fish and lands on my shoe, because I'm standing right there. <laughs> and ever since then, I've had fucking nightmares about, like, Ghost fish eyeballs coming to fucking kill me. It's awful. That's Jesus. amazing. That's a very specific nightmare. I'm kind of proud of you. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> but yeah, no fish. We went on a uh, we went on a trip to the Caribbean. My my husband and I went on a cruise to the Caribbean, and I went snorkeling for the first time, and it was fine for a while until the school of fish just fucking turned out of nowhere and beelined towards me and I screamed my snorkel and ended up swallowing a whole mess of seawater. Ooh. Mm. All right, the next question is, why is bag milk the best milk? Because you can leave it, uh, you don't need to actually refrigerate it, which is fucking weird. Um, really? What? Really? 
That makes it so much worse. I didn't even know that. Are you serious? <laughs> well, no, no, are you serious? You already do a refrigerate bagged milk? That's some bagged milk. So I was uh, in China my junior year of college, and they had bagged milk there. And it would just be like, you just walk into the store, which the store is called Hayodo, which is good and plenty in Chinese. And I'd walk in, and there's just this giant fucking pile of milk. And like, leaking so it's just like slowly squirting milk out of the floor and it's super fucking gross but it's not refrigerated and i don't know what the fuck they're making it out of but it yeah they just fucking left it out all the time okay back milk is worst milk i uh, you've confirmed this for me yet again thank you this is maybe oh i tried i tried one i tried one bag of it and then i heard there was a recall because a bunch of the bagged milk they'd apparently like stretched the uh, stretch the milk powder with like fiberglass dust or something. <gasps> yeah. What? Oh my God! Yeah, no milk related cancer. Oh <laughs> gosh, no. Oh my God, the milk is spreading. <laughs> <laughs> so bagged milk is worse milk. Nope. Yep. Yep. I'm absolutely understood. Excellent. Number five. What is the theme song for your sex life? Oh, God. This girl is on fire. No. Uh... <laughs> if you say gay bar, I will be your best friend forever. Gay bar is a good one, yeah. Yeah. We'll go that one, yes. Best All friend right. forever. Best friend. Number six. Yeah. Let's go to the gay bar. Do you want to be my hag? Oh, I totally would! I prefer the term fruit fly, though, but yes. <laughs> milk, I'm the, milk, I'm the... Milk, I'm abandoning you for vivid. <laughs> That's okay. I'm already dating somebody. You can you can go and do your no, thing. No, 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 no. You you misunderstand the purpose of the of the hag. You do. <laughs> Don't know what we're talking about at all. I'm I'm not well. Vivid, would you like to explain the purpose of the hag? There are all kinds of purposes of the hag. Uh, it's short for fag hag. Uh, <laughs> the usually the straight woman or bisexual. Or around with a harem of gay people to things like the gay bar or to a restaurant thing, and they're kind of the matriarch of the whole thing, and they can act as a wing woman, or, you know, they can, uh, you know, buy drinks or just generally take care of everybody. They, they do a lot of really cool stuff. You, if, you're, if you're queer, you gotta get yourself a hag. Yes! Thank you! <laughs> yes! I am... This is the most valuable education I think we've ever had on the podcast. Why do you think I flipped out? Because you can't... Priest. Go for it. Priest. What? Be my hag. Oh, girl. I'll happily be your hag. Vivid, <laughs> we just educated some people today. And what, one thing is, like, you can't ask to do this for somebody. They have to ask you. You can't just, like, volunteer for it. Otherwise, you're a bitch. So, of course, yes. Yeah. So, hugely, hugely flattered. Thank you, thank you. Of course, yes, yes, yes. Number six. How would you describe yourself using only three words? God. Uh, energetic. Yay. Job. <laughs> nice. Number seven. If your entire life thus far was a movie, what would be the title of it? How the fuck did that happen? 
That's amazing! Because up until the point that I was like 15 or 16 years old, I was such the good straight edge, like go to church every Sunday, you know, volunteer at, you know, all the various like soup kitchens and shit and just like, ah, what a little really good boy I am. And I suppose then nobody happened. All right. (laughs) Number eight. Just how big is your porn stash? I mean, I mostly just go on the internet, so how big is the internet? Wow, that's... Yeah, lately I found out that no one stores them in their computer anymore. No, really. No one does. Uh, No, I do. Well, you're you're a piece of arcane technology, it sounds like. (laughs) I want to take you to a flash drive! Well, hey, I'd like to see you access your porn folder when you don't have internet because it's cloudy. I just dropped Ravage, one. Ravage, do you store yours in floppy disks? No, God, no. I've never done that. No, no floppy disks, only hard drives. Sorry, I'm done. <laughs> <laughs> don't, don't, don't no, you mine's a solid disks? state. Solid state, yeah. <laughs> Good, <laughs> job, Good job. I'm sorry, we need to stop. This is bad. Bonus question. Are you superstitious? If so, what are your biggest superstitions? Ooh, so like I said, I'm a data scientist in real life, so I'm not allowed to be superstitious. Uh, if I walk into a casino, I disappear, like the fucking end of Avengers or whatever. Um, but Magic the Gathering, and I know you have to shuffle your cards a certain way, otherwise it doesn't properly randomize, so I guess that's it, but I'm, I'm not all that superstitious. Uh oh. Okay. Uh oh. Uh oh. Hmm. It's what? fine. I just something he mentioned just now. I was waiting to see if you'd jump on it, priest. About how you can't get a drink in Vegas? No, that wasn't it. Oh. It's, I... it's true though. It's true though. It's fine. It's fine. Let's move on. Now then, numero uno. What is your favorite non-MLP franchise? Who? For like TV or video games or what? Anything. All the above. And none of the above. At the same time. I have time to like watch TV and shit. I don't know. Uh, oh, wait. No, I do. Uh, Bojack Horseman. Hey, I started watching that. Nice. Don't act like yes. you don't know. Number two. Have you done any fan-related works for non-MLP franchises? <laughs> So I've been writing fan fiction for probably about 20 years now. Um, ever, literally the first thing I ever wrote, uh, fan fiction-wise, was uh, Beast from Beauty and the Beast and Scar from The Lion King. They're surrounded by a bunch of like hyenas and shit, and they have to fight them off. And then they fight them off, and then they immediately start like hissing a little bit. And me and my thought that was the most like crazy thing in the world. And it was only like fucking half a page long or something. Wow, that that sounds pretty great, actually. It's lost on the computer somewhere. I really, I, I really wish I had it because it's, I think a formative part of my childhood. I'm not sure. I mean, it, I, I think it, everybody remembers the first time they wrote about two hairy dudes, uh, beating people up and making out. 
Oh yeah, no, totally. Was this like part of like a Kingdom Hearts fan fiction? Oh my god. No, I'm old. <laughs> this was before Kingdom Hearts was even even a thing. All right. The next thing is from the other other guy who says, "Hey, how you doing? How does this make you yeah. feel? Yeah, you wanna this you picture. wanna meet up later? You wanna you wanna 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 talk about some stuff? Wanna mm. wanna get together with that other other guy? Oh, how does this make you feel? <laughs> make me feel." Oh, Jesus Christ. <laughs> <laughs> that timing was beautiful. <laughs> I mean, like 5% aroused. Because this is the first one, which means you, you guys probably have more coming, which, oh God. Nope. That's all that was provided for today. Oh, good. So number one is uh, from Tin Man is what is your favorite headcanon? Sorburn OTP. Oh my god. Oh my god. I'm holding the book I wrote about them right now. Oh my. Fucking thick. What draws you to that particular ship? Um, I think early on it was uh, two males and I, I heard this philosophy recently and I couldn't put, had, hadn't been able to put words to it before, but someone once recently told me you should write the thing that you needed when you were a like when you were much more vulnerable. I mean, there's there's tons of queer content on fan fiction, but God, fucking like eighty percent of it seems to be coming out stories, and that that stuff is really really important for a lot of people. There are a lot of people that just okay, I'm going to come out and it might be a little bit rough and it'll be okay, but there was just this. Such a Darth of like queer and have I'm gonna say an adult relationship that's reflected in that like reflects like the actual adult experience. I think partly because you know most people on fan fiction are don't have a lot of that experience. But I wanted to write a story that was just um, that was a little bit more true to life and kind of true to what I what I had seen. That makes a lot of sense because yeah, no, it definitely seems like on fan fiction as far as. Um, uh, queer relationships and queer coming out that it's it's both ends of the spectrum where it's like man orgy or super sex or coming out exactly and not a line between the, hey guys i'm though. a complete i'm a queer person but i'm also a complete human being with other interests and there's just there wasn't too much of that so so i wrote one uh -huh. and it ended up being four hundred thousand fucking words long out of way that's how you do it you go way overboard and it goes great right <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, it got published. I've sold like seventy copies or so at this point. So I mean, I'm holy shit! Like self-publishing, or did you actually send it to a publishing house? Uh, self-published. I I went through forty-eight hour books, mostly because they were the only ones that could actually publish something that big. Mm. But yeah, they they're super friendly. If um, if anyone wants to publish some of their own uh, fan fiction, I know at BronyCon next year they're doing the. Someone's organizing the BronyCon bookstore, I think. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I'm, I'm probably going to do that, so I Same. appreciate the advice. Let's say I would love to put Sensation in there, but there's a lot of sex in it, so I don't think that's allowed. But we'll sex, see. Wait, 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 wait. Sex isn't allowed? 
I think it, there's going to be an under the table equestrian bookstore that you need to ask for. Do not quote me on that. Yeah, we, we we're not advertising that. We're not advertising that. Don't. I could be. I could be lying. It's been a while since I've read the blog, but I also have the blog. There's right no. Here. There's no adult content allowed. Wink, wink. <laughs> yeah, here I actually have the link from Aquaman. I'll, I'll paste it here. We won't read it, but. Just fact checking, please fact check me. Anyway. Yes. Next. Bug ponies or the gay deer? Oh, I love the gay deer. I love the gay deer so much. Really? <laughs> you prefer the new style. That's so weird. Does he only like them because they're gay deer? Wow, that's rude. That's <laughs> that over the line. Rude. That's rude. Why do you I'm like the new style? I encourage you to keep jumping to those conclusions. The gay because I like the. I mean, I like that they're differentiated a little bit. I like, you know, it's it was nice and for a while to have that kind of villain where it's it is that hive mind, but it's cool that you can say like, okay, here's a bunch of people that you think are all the same, and when you learn a little bit more about them, they're all different. So I just, I just really like the message that that sends is that are supposedly one thing. Like they're you dig a little bit deeper and you find a lot of differences. Also, thorax is just such a great. great awkward and probably bad at it and i'm sure half the hive is starving by now but it's it's just cute <laughs> all right how do you, how do you think he deals out capital punishment with his dick yes Hello. it's like i've been looking forward to this all day jesus christ i suppose he's the queen though actually so with his vagina does does thorax have a Hey, you know what? They can have whatever they want. To yeah, they can have all of them, all of the orifices, forever, in every place of every sort. Like, I'm sorry, do you have a squiddle bop? I don't have a squiddle bop, but they fucking could. There you go. Do you have a turkey baster down there? They could. They could. <laughs> I don't know what a squiddle bop is, by the way, but I'm proud. I I'm proud I thought that up on spur of the moment, and I'm done now. Number three, <laughs> bird ponies, the Pegasus, or bat ponies. You sound a little uncomfortable. Are you okay? No, I'm fine. I just, I was imagining like a squirtle tail for a penis, and I was just like, couldn't <laughs> handling it. <laughs> I couldn't handle fucking squirtle tail with a little fucking green log and sunglasses. For you, a guys, you mean a squirtle bop? A squirtle bop, yeah. Turtle bop, yeah. Susie, have you guys ever seen a turtle penis? Yes, it's longer than the turtle half the time. So I know, but it's huge. It's like big fucking flower thing. Holy shit, they're so it's, scary. Um, some <laughs> no, no, some tortoises actually have problems because when they get erection, it can flip them over because. <laughs> Today on Sex Lessons with Pencil. <laughs> and can they get like cable with those satellite dishes? Um. <laughs> Probably. <gasps> oh no, I fell over again! Hold on, I have something to make priest break. Oh Get no. Break. Right, because then you're on your back and you have a massive erection. What? <laughs> what? What is... Why? Is there a Bulbasaur one? I don't know. Just wanted to send that your way. We could continue now. That's one of the inflatable ones. You inflate it and it evolves. Oh god! Oh my god! Does it get the like hydro cannon so you can squirt inside <laughs> yourself? Oh! Hydro pump, go! 
If you get more than one, would it be the Squirtle Squad? Oh my god! Oh my god. No, I don't want this. I don't want this in my life. Squirtle, use bubble. It was very effective. Why is it foamy? <laughs> foamy. Okay. It self cleans. <laughs> and it's their squirtle bop. There we go. At least you could teach it harden. Buy it oh. now and get your own special tentacle. Let's move on, kids. Okay. Number four. Do you even crotch boobs on the ponies? That's the last one. Bird ponies by far. Uh, oh, sorry. No worries. Crotch boobs are just the weird, like, I shouldn't kink shame, uh, I, but I just, I just can't. Like, horses don't have crotch boobs, so I don't know where you're pulling this from. Why are you doing this? They, they do have, like, nipples. Raise his hand slowly. They do have nipples on their crotch. Not like the fucking giant, like... Oh, no, not like the milk sacks. No, right, no, no. Exactly. They don't have, like, basketball tits. I was one of those guys that was really excited for the Sugar Mac shipping, and then, like, I was like, once I saw the episode, I'm like, I'm gonna go on Derfuru and see what's, see what's there. And, of course, I left all the filters off, and so it was just, like... Boob, crotch boob, crotch boob. And it was just, yeah, I don't know. Did not do it for you. Fair no. enough. Number five, why not dragon boobs? Why not dragon boobs? My my D D girlfriend has dragon boobs. <laughs> what the fuck was that? They're gonna get married. <laughs> Number was six. That? Was that like your Nigel Thornberry impression? Oh god, please stop. Oh god, please stop. <laughs> Smashing. 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 Number six. What is your favorite human in Equestria? <laughs> None. None? But why? What don't you like about human in Equestria? I don't know. It's a for like i'm one of those believers that like uh boundaries boundaries lead to creativity and so i like being able to write just in the realm of like in the realm of the show stuff that is feasible maybe the ponies you know have sex or something but it's still like there's, there's still a bunch of stuff that's happening in the show and i use that for my fan fiction because i find that a lot more inspiring than just being like master chief and he's shooting all the ponies Woo. but i get that's that's some people's thing so that's fine um, fuck, what's his name? Uh, nat Natural Born Derpy, uh, Sombra, the Highly Unmotivated, I think is what it was called. Yeah. That one was, that one was good. I will, I, I did like that one quite a bit, but that was a, that was a weird kind of twist on it. That was a different twist on it. Well, there you go. Okay, so it, it's possible. It's just like, you know, sometimes it's not what you're into, and that's fine. Yeah. The next question is, how does this make you feel? Oh, <laughs> she looks like a duck, which I appreciate. She's so regal. She's so chesty. Ah, like she she looks like a, she looks like a bird that's just kind of nestled down into her uh into her into her nest for the evening. That's adorable. So much down fluff. I actually really like all the uh the animations that's in the face. Like I want I kind of want to know who did this. It's good. If good you did this, if you did this, contact us and we'll get you on the barcast. 
that's how it actually works. No. <laughs> Number one uh, from Alex underscore. Do you play Magic the Gathering? <laughs> uh, Mountain Black Lotus, sack it for three green mana, channel fireball, I win. Yay! Priest, oh man. Priest, priest, are you we're okay? Not, we're not going to waste 30 minutes to Magic the Gathering again this week. I promise. Priest, are you oh, okay? I, I am fine. <laughs> Fun priest, fact. Fun fact, in the their show's comic, the, the game is called Friendship the Get-Together. Nice. <laughs> Number six. Uh, no, 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 you were asked a question. What? What question? Who do you run as your favorite commander? Oh, fuck my life. Are we going to do this? Really? <laughs> yes, go! Okay. Yeah! Um, Progenitus. <laughs> I think that's it. Yeah, because I'd play a Conflux deck where pretty much you would just combo off by playing Conflux like five times. It was really fucking good. I played, did infinite mana, play everything in the deck. It was a lot of fun. Oh, that's fine. I suppose if you're into that five color nonsense. I am. <sighs> because when I played the game, I just had a black hole of money that I would just suck into the game and be like, lands! Who needs basics? <laughs> <laughs> now kiss. No. Mm. Uh, mm, <laughs> no. This is a good day. <laughs> I'm disappointed. Nobody asked me about what I'm drinking tonight. What are you drinking tonight? An Appaloosa iced coffee. Ooh, what? do tell. So my buddy Milo Chalks lives in Australia, and he works as a as a bartender, so he got a couple jobs, but he works as a bartender sometimes. Um, he's also another convention runner for uh, Alicon, was their uh, convention that they just had down in Australia. And he sent me this recipe. Yeah. It is uh, a shot of a shot of Bailey's, Angelico, half a shot of whiskey, and then you finish it off with milk, and it is just fucking delicious. Mm. Nice. That's going on the soundboard. <laughs> Number two, you lose your hands in some kind of horrific lawnmower accident. Do you decide this is the perfect opportunity to try no fap, or do you persevere with masturbation? Got so many sex toys at this point that would not be an issue. So I think we just kind of plow on ahead, or get plowed on ahead. Hey, hey it also works because it's a yard work pun. It's a plow. Yes. I'll wreck my flower or something. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Ah, uh, the next set of questions are from Will Coffee Daddy. <laughs> the next set of questions are from Coffee Minion. Number one, how do you take your coffee? So there are two ways to read this question. Well, I don't think it's a coffee anima. I've done that though. Okay. <laughs> Okay, three ways apparently. Uh, we'll just say I don't I don't drink coffee, but when I do, it's, it's usually like, um, actually all of the almost all of sensation was typed up at a caribou coffee that's close to my house, and the baristas all think I'm in college, and I haven't had the heart to tell them that I've just spent years and years and years writing funny fan fiction. Fair enough. So usually it's some kind of super fucking sugary sweet nonsense drink. 
So you're also streaming from a public place? Oh no, I'm in, I'm in my room right now. It's just I'm a, I I realize I'm that guy that went and wrote a novel in a coffee shop, which feels kind of cliche, but he oh, was. Oh God. Yeah. Um, that's some that's some hipster shit. I gotta tell you. My beard, which is crazy, so like it's it's infecting me. Oh, I'm becoming no. one of them. Don't tell me you succumb to the pumpkin spice latte. Oh, I am basic as fuck, bitch. Like, I, <laughs> I like, just I'm, bought I'm, eight I'm, cups of pumpkin spice. It's so great. <laughs> oh my god, have you had the new pumpkin spice latte? It's amazing. Oh no, no, no. You have to say amaze balls now. It's amaze balls now. Yeah. You so white you, So last you, year, I am ahead of the curve, and you are right behind. So get behind me. Hi. I, I bet you. I bet you say that a lot. I bet you say that a lot. <laughs> you white people and your pumpkin spice. I'm sorry. Did you need some fucking tapatio in there, my my dude? Actually, I'll enjoy that. <laughs> anyway. Sorry, sorry. My, my, my ice cream flavor is dark chocolate with uh, cayenne pepper, so I mean, pumpkin spice and that'd be, that'd be all right. Ooh. Let's go to number two. Uh, how did you get into helping organize conventions? Um, I mean, I guess, like I alluded to, the volunteer kid when I was growing up, um, MLP MSP was coming. So again, I'm in I'm in Minnesota, and MLP MSP was the convention we had for three years here. And saw it in I saw an advertisement in the local uh, comic shop, and I said, "Oh, I'll go to this." And then I saw started following them on like Facebook and Twitter, and I said, "Oh, they are looking for volunteers." I'm not really capable of saying no, so I ended up on Royal Guard for uh, for MLP MSP one. I've done little, I've done little things for other, like I said, little church events and like the town festival and the town I grew up in, I was always heavily involved in. So I've been organizing stuff kind of as long as I've lived. And this is just a nice little outlet for myself. Um, and then the thing is, if you work at a convention and you're competent and willing to keep working, you eventually keep getting promoted until, until you go insane. Get promoted until you until you either quit or can't handle it anymore. Oh, fair enough. So you can't say no. Wow. I can't. I can't no, no, say no. no. That's okay, something to take out of context. Jesus. <laughs> send me a thousand dollars. Uh, sure. What's your uh, what's your PayPal? <laughs> tell you what, just tell me. Just tell me your credit card number on the podcast now, and then I'll like reverse charge it. <laughs> That's fucking witty. <laughs> All right. The next question is What are your views on writing and releasing longer stories one chapter at a time versus trying to write and edit a whole draft before you start releasing? Oh, God. It's a real question. That's terrible. Oh. Uh... I mean, the thing I, what I did with Sensation was it was very much a write one chapter and then release it when it was done. I tried to keep myself to one, I tried to release about one chapter a month or so. Um, for pretty long though, they were about between like six and 10,000 words. Um, kind of self-contained story. 
I've never done the thing where you write an entire book and then release it in pieces. I've always wanted to, but I, I generally just don't have enough time to do all that and get it edited and get it polished for, for a longer story like that. That's fair. I, I guess I did, I did take one commission once. It was a 15,000 word story that I did then release uh, one chapter each day. Um, everything else just do do what you want to do do it works for you for me it's like i like the serialized version because i can release a chapter and i can get feedback on it and it's really fun and motivating for me if i can see people in the comments saying oh i think this is what's happening or oh hey did you notice this little detail i think this is about to happen like that, that's a really really cool feeling as a writer to see people talking about it and i think you lose some of that if you just release it all at once yeah i think i agree with that Although one of the things I'll, I'll definitely say that was not made and as an option is to write the whole thing at once and then release the chapters out of order. That sounds really fun. <laughs> anyway, <next laughs> who among the fandom or show staff has left you feeling the most starstruck after meeting them? God, I get starstruck way too easily, especially for someone who works conventions. Um, so, uh, if any of you guys have been to um, Ciderfest, well, actually, just, just Lena City, but, um, but maybe you should come to Ciderfest. I've gotten to do a cool thing a couple times now where I've gotten to write an episode script that the uh, voice actors then perform during our, usually during our Saturday uh, guest of honor panel, and that's been just fucking amazing and like never hoped to have in the fandom. And when I was at Winnie City a couple years ago, this is the first time I had gotten to write the script. Um, shortly after the guest of honor panel, I I was the main events manager at that time, so I was fucking exhausted. And I go to the elevator door, I, I punch the button, and there's and four of us get on the elevator at the same time like try to be nice mode so i say to the three people like hey how hey guys how is how's your con going are you guys having a good time and they're like yeah we're having a really good time and they're acting really weird and then i look to my right and rebecca shroikat the voice of sub that shimmer and the singing voice for twilight sparkle is there and she's just like yeah i had a great time that was a really great script you wrote and then i just fucking died <laughs> So what's it like writing one of those scripts? Like, so you had the chance to do that, and that's probably an experience that most people who write or or do stuff in the fandom will never get the chance for. What what's it like writing one of those episode scripts? Um, super high pressure because you really don't want to fuck up. <laughs> and the first time, uh, Charlie Worthley, the convention chair for Cider Fest in Winnie City, uh. Couple couple years ago, messaged me in like February before Winnie City, um, and said, "Whenever we invite Tabitha Saint Germain, she she usually writes a script whenever, for all the conventions she goes to." Right. But she wasn't coming to that one, so Charlie said, "Hey, I had written a fan fiction starring the mascots of Winnie City that um, successful. The the biggest thing that came from it is that I published this I published the story, and then like four people sponsored it out of nowhere, and." like sponsored the convention out of nowhere. And so Charlie, Charlie Worthy was like, holy shit, this is great. Um, and so he said, hey, uh, Vivid, could you, could you write a script? I was at work at time. He sent me a message saying, could you write a script? I said, yeah, sure, I can do that. 
And then like 10 minutes later, it hit me, oh my God, there's gonna be professional their mouths around words that I write, which is just like the craziest fucking thing. Um, so basically what I end up doing is for every one of these scripts I write, I okay, who are the guests of honor that we have? What do their characters do? And then I watch episodes that have those characters in them so that I can understand what those characters sound like, kind of what they're about. Um, I think I've watched Rainbow Rocks like three times during that first convention just to see Sunset, Sunset Shimmer during her whole redemption arc. Yeah. Probably uh, the script are about, they, they last about half an hour or so as they're read, and I probably spend about 80 hours working on them over the course of uh, about a month or so. Jeez. Yeah, it's like, such a, it's a huge honor, and I realize like this is not a thing that's supposed to happen where essentially people are reading my fan fiction, which is just, again, fucking mind-blowing. Um, take a drink, fuck. Wow. <laughs> well, uh, yeah. being in that sort of place, like, are you writing more for the guests of honor, or are you writing more for the audience? Like, how often do you, like, oh, here's a relevant meme of today? Uh, I do a little bit of both. I, I try to throw in... I found a lot of things that get the audience, the biggest audience reaction are some of the really stupidest stuff. Um, memory from that first script was when, because the the guests had, hadn't seen the script beforehand, which is, which is another huge thing. It was a blind read, um, and they did a phenomenal job with it. I was watching, I was watching Rebecca, and the scene is one of the mask, one of the Winnie City mascots is interviewing Sunset Shimmer, and Sunset Shimmer's like, yeah, I'm gonna be on this panel and this panel and I'm gonna go be singing uh I'm gonna go be singing at the karaoke at karaoke I'll be singing the lead then the um sunset that's great but I thought Twilight Sparkle usually sang lead and then Rebecca's line is that's okay I do a really great Twilight Sparkle impression because again she's the singing voice for Twilight Sparkle and seeing her face just light up when she got that it's just fucking stupid meta humor stuff and the the audience fucking loved it and she played it off really well like <laughs> a combination of the stupid shit like that and like i had a fucking shipping joke in one of my scripts and people fucking loved that um but stuff like that but but doing that while still being true to the characters has a pretty good experience and has gotten a pretty good audience reaction so cool now let's go to some questions from some bro for life Number one, what is your favorite mm-hmm. video game? I play a ton of video games. A lot of the ones I play are the super, super artsy ones. Um, yes. Like, like the I ones should... that make you sad? Life, Life is Strange, for example. Yes. Yes. Like, that just wrecked me. And, like, every time I played, it was just, I have to, like, I have to set aside two hours to play a, through a chapter and then like four more hours to just like myself about everything that's happened in this game because it was just games like that that are really story driven or like journey or spec ops the line are ones where like oh. games where stuff is super intentional and really really artistic because I, I try to do that in my writing too where i will if people are going to be spending time reading these things then the time to make make it worth it to make sure i put a lot of thought and a lot of heart into it as um as much as possible undertale i actually have not yet played undertale <laughs> okay well you That's say fine. you play 
artsy games? Like, you mean artsy as in the story, or as in the actual, like, art style? Kind of like high-concept games, I think. So, it's, Rabbit, it's a game that makes you think. Oh, yeah. okay, okay. I thought you meant, like, uh, Ori and the Blind Forest, or, like, the really fucking pretty games, you know? Right. Like, those are, like those that are kind of artsy. Mm. You yeah, know, I... Oh, God. There was a game, and I don't remember what it was, but it was on uh, PlayStation 3 some years ago, and the whole motif of the entire game was black, red, blue, and orange, and it was just fucking so awesome to watch, you know, just so good to look at. Huh. Let's look that up. I'm going to look that up right now because I actually want to know what the hell it is. <laughs> Next question. Number two. Before we, before we move on, I, I finished my drink and I've got, um, I've got two options for the next one. I've got a rosé dark horse, which is like a wine in a can mm. or some shit, which makes me feel like a fucking... <laughs> like a, like, like trash? <laughs> or I've got an oatmeal stout that, uh, that a friend of mine left here. So what should, what should I drink next? Go with the rosé and and classy. So I figured that would be a good uh, a good option. Perfect. Ah, there we go. That's a relieving sound. Number two. What is your favorite boss fight? Oh God. I'm gonna cheat a little bit and talk about D and D. Yeah. Yeah. Suck it, bitch. Uh, uh, we're doing the Tomb of Horrors, the fourth edition campaign right now in my Wednesday gaming group, and the last section of it is really lame, so our dungeon master has remade everything. So last night we actually a uh, a gelatinous cube, but it was almost the size of the entire room, and I loved it. It was one of the best boss battles I've ever played because at the, we had to destroy this evil dark uh, energy-sucking engine thing for reasons that are convoluted and, you know, whatever. But to destroy the ooze because it was so huge, it was so resistant to just all types of damage, and so you had to, like, bait, bait it out a little bit so it would shift its form a little bit to one edge of the room, and then someone else would have to run around and attack it, and, like, attack the engine in the middle when encasing it, and so it was this really nice mix of, like, Defending and aggro and strategy and battlefield management and it just it just came together so well that idea that you can do anything like that that you want. That's really awesome. How uh, how how difficult is that particular campaign? Like, is it what level? Uh, we are level twenty one in fourth edition, which wow, yeah. So it means you guys yeah. have been playing for a while. Yeah, we have actually for like six years, I think. Um, we've been doing, uh, we, we switched on and off between Dungeons and Dragons, and we played Shadowrun for a little while. We played uh, like a Star Wars role playing game. Um, the character I'm playing in our fourth edition campaign right now is actually the first ever D&D character I ever made years ago. And he was like this. Another plug for D&D in case anyone wants to pick it up. The thing I found is that the more you play characters, the more you realize, uh, and the same with writing too. The more you spend time in a character's head, the more you realize that them are reflections of things that you're going through, and it's a really great way to kind of work through um, just kind of things that are happening to you in real life. Like, my, my character had identity issues for a while, and that was during the period where I was starting to come out to people, and so it was a good way to, uh, to kind of work through a lot of those feelings in a really safe space. Wow, that's really, that's really insightful. 
cool. Wow. The next, uh, the next question no. I'm actually going to take from the chat. Uh, it's from Hat Vandermoose, who asks, what is your favorite class in D&D? God. Um, I like playing a variety of stuff. I'm such a... I'm such a... So, I mean, as you might be able to tell from me spending all my fucking time volunteering at conventions, I like supporting other people. So I enjoy support classes, but even more than that, I like... Uh, the, the group doesn't have yet. So like, if everybody oh, yeah. wants, most time, most time people want to play like, I want to be a straight, I want to be a ranger. I want if like everyone wants to be a uh, a character that does lots and lots and lots of damage. Yeah. My campaign in my my brother-in-law runs a campaign with a lot of our our, our siblings and siblings-in-law and the when during character creation, um, the other three people all picked uh, Ranger, Monk, and Sorcerer. So basically Striker, 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 like high damage dealer glass cannon types. And so I was like, well, cool. I get to pick a tank healer utility person. So I ended up picking a, uh, I, I ended up picking a half-orc cleric and I'm, I'm liking him a lot. <laughs> it's such a, right. Cause it's this big guy who's like allegedly devoted to his God, but not really. He's not a very, very good cleric. He's not actually trained in religion, so he doesn't know anything about the religion. He just kind of fakes it hard. <laughs> <laughs> Learn to fake pray. <laughs> exactly, that's fucking happened. <laughs> His prayer ceremony is just like, let's wrestle a bunch, and then that'll please my god, I guess. <laughs> please perform last rites on our dying guy. Uh, ashes, uh, ashes, dust, to dust. <laughs> uh, he sucked at battle, so it's good he's dead, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. Okay, uh, number three from Sunbro for Life. Have you accepted Skeletor, the master of the universe, into your heart? <laughs> um, I'm old, but I'm not that old. Uh, oh. I don't know. This, this, I saw a couple of th people referencing Skeletor. Is Skeletor a thing in this chat or something? Yes! I watch ponies instead. It's okay. That's fine. You, you, you're fine. Next question. You are in the small pony village. What business do you start? Oh, God. They're all so gullible and will do whatever you say. Oh... I mean, the boring answer is I start a consulting business and just, like, you know, fudge whatever numbers I need to get just fucking loaded, but, um, let's see. You probably run stats for, like, uh, Rarity and show her that she's not actually making money. The, the business I run is just me screaming in the corner saying, this economy doesn't make sense, this economy doesn't make sense, kill me. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if you remember okay, one tiny professionally made dress, what the fuck is going on? And if you remember, one tiny gem can buy like an industrial fan. Like Jesus, uh, I don't know. We can't expect the writers to keep up with everything. It's it's all it's all woo woo, hand wavy, hook wavy, whatever. But yeah, I like woo woo. Ooh, woo. Such a, I don't know. I get such a fucking boner for like continuity things. Like, what what was the episode recently? The the recent like Flim Flam episode that they had, where they referenced stuff from like ev like almost every season that had come before it, 
was just crazy. And like, it just. They're talking about the so, one uh, where they ran, uh, they were in the casino. The French, the Friendship University one, actually, the one from this season. Oh, yeah. oh, oh, like I mean, there's a callback to this character, and there's a callback to this character that we haven't seen in seasons. And this, yeah, and like, and, like they referenced the tonic, and just wouldn't get unless you've been watching from the beginning. And oh my god, yeah. And one funny callback part was one funny callback part in that episode was when uh, Rarity revealed herself, and they're like, "Who?" <laughs> <laughs> Fucking brilliant! <laughs> oh, sorry, I'm dying at how brilliant that that moment was. Cause like they've never met her before. Oh my god, that's such good writing. Oh, oh yeah. Mm. <laughs> You're right there. Need a napkin. I'm rubbing my nipples. <laughs> I'm good. Let's keep going. Number five. Do you even praise, bro? I think there's a Dark Souls reference, and no. No! I don't got time for that shit. I'm putting on pony conventions so y'all can have a good time. Let's see. Then we are about halfway through the podcast. We're going to take a quick second to talk about what we do. Hi, everyone. We have a Patreon. You should send us money, and we take all that money, and we put it to horse charities. We have a sponsored horse out in Red Wing Sports Sanctuary in California by the name of Big Mac. You guys voted for him, and we sent him money, and he's happy. He sent us a letter. Isn't that right, Milk? Yes. Yes, he did. You read it. Remember, you have it. Yeah. No, but there were multiple letters, right? He sent you the one, and then we get postcards, like, all the time that say, thank you for the money. I'm enjoying my hookers. We do? (laughs) Can you read one of those? You know, no, they they literally they, they all guys. just they all just say thank you for the hookers. Oh, guys, it's starting to sound more and more like we're sponsoring BoJack Horseman. Maybe. So this episode of the podcast is brought to you by an app called Priest Doesn't Want to Sing. Use promo code. We don't actually have sponsors at checkout. In order to sponsor a horse. That said, oh, we have questions from Lone Trooper. Oh shit! No, I was gonna, I was gonna do a thing. Shit. Oh no! Uh, Go ahead. No, I was gonna do a thing where I said like, I don't know if you guys can. can I think Milk said you guys don't accept one-time donations yet, or something like that. But, yeah. You do that. Okay, when you do that, I was, gonna, I was gonna say like, if someone, well, we can figure out some of the details or something, but like, if someone wants to, um. If someone donates a bunch of money or something, I'd be happy to like write a story for like a top donator on one random podcast or something like that. Oh, so. that'd be awesome! And we do like dramatic narration sometimes, so we could do like an audio narration for you for it. Yeah, so just just keep me in the loop with that. If you want to do a drive, if you ever want to do like a drive or something, I'd be happy to uh, contribute. Like a gets longer, the more people want to the more the more people want to donate, the longer the story will be, and then it'll write whatever people want or something like that, so. Hell yeah, we will definitely consider reaching out to something like that. I know the first thing that um, that I'm in the works on that I haven't talked to literally anyone else about is that Derpy Brew apparently has some advertising space that they give free to people who donate to charities, so who knows? Maybe you'll see us on your favorite clop site. So who knows? Ooh. So that said, we're here for you, Vivid. Let's stop talking about us. We care about yeah. you. Uh, we're going to go to Lone Trooper. 
who actually has a blacked out text thing here. Uh, do not read till interview starts. Let me read it. Uh, I just wanted to say before you begin to read my questions, I wanted to thank all of you, Priest, Pencil, Flamer, Warfare, Enigma, Ravage, and Milk for what you do. Oh, God. I mean, <laughs> it when, I mean it when I say that you are making a difference, not just because you're charity to horses, but because, yes, though, that's a worthy cause. And I'm proud of you all for stepping up to take on that responsibility. You're helping people, mine stuff concluded by what you do. Every interview you create, I may never know or know any of you personally, but I had to say this to all of you. I want to say thank you, really thank you for everything you do. And please know that you are all special, wonderful people and only deserve happiness in your lives. And I'm so happy you have found this cast. Oh my God, I could give you a hug. <laughs> I can have happiness? Yes, you get happiness today, Enigma. But let's... Help me, I'm feeling. I'm just gonna take this dick out of my mouth for a second and say thank you. <laughs> Freeze! you take that squirtle out of your mouth. Uh, the, I believe it's called. I believe it's called a swoople. No, squaddle bop. Sorry. The squaddle. Squaddle bop. No, number one for vivid. Uh, what is your favorite heartwarming experience at a convention? Oh my god! So. Uh, were any of you guys at Ciderfest last year? I was not. It's like the... So, no. Um, <laughs> we, uh, we're, at the, we're at the charity auction, and we're... What was it? I think we're, I think we're at like $15,000 for the charity auction, which is really good, especially because I think they have like a thousand... So we're doing really well at the charity auction, and the last... Um, um, uh, item comes up, uh, comes up for, for bid, and it's, it's the big, it's the big banner, it's been signed by, like, everybody, and it's a, you know, it's, it's the thing that's been hanging in front of main events for the entire weekend, and yeah. at this point, and Nic Nicole Oliver was one of our guests, she was the voice of Princess Celestia, mm -hmm. um, or still is, I don't, I assume Celestia has not been killed off, um, not that I know. But Nicole Oliver, she's she's helping a ton with the with like drumming up votes, and she's gonna go. She like go is going and giving people hugs and sitting on their lap whenever they're the winning bidder, and just like hilarious. And she's doing this great. She's doing this great job. And the last last time before is a big banner, and we want to. It's at it's at like one thousand. It's at like two thousand one or two thousand dollars. It's it's a lot of money. To bring the charity total to like seventeen thousand dollars or something, and then we. Our charity for that year was uh, Generations Against Bullying, which is this really great group that goes around different schools and just talks, uh, just gives training basically for kids on like, if you notice bullying, here's how you step up and interrupt it. And here's how you can basically like protect other people. And just, it's such, it's such a good, they're such a good group and um, they do tons, tons of great work. So they're a charity for year. This big band is up for sale and it's stalled at about $2,000 and we're about $3,000 away from breaking 20,000. And this, as part of this lot, basically, Nicole Oliver said, if you win, I'll take a picture with you. And so then I say, I'll give you $100 if I can just be in the picture, too. And then, cool, is that, is that okay with the, the person who'd already bid 2000 He's like, yeah, it's okay. Her hand and says, I'll give you $50 if I can be in the picture. 
And everyone at the same time had this moment of realization of what was about to happen, and it was fucking magical. Because Nicole Oliver says, oh my gosh, guys, here's the deal. If you pledge $50 right now, we will, you know, you get to be in a big, I will take an individual picture with each of you, and it will all go to charity. And so then another person starts standing up and says, I'll pay $50 for that. Another person says, I'll pay $50 for charity. And it turns into this massive line where we start counting off, like, 19,000, 19,050, 19,100, 19,150. And it goes up and up and up and up. And then we just like shatter $20,000 for this one bid of this line of like over a hundred bronies that are just like going to pay a little bit of money to this charity just for a picture with Nicole Oliver thing. And Generations Against Bullying is like, they're crying and the con chair is crying and Nicole Oliver is crying and fucking everybody's crying. And this is beautiful moment that we've raised all, all this money for charity and just like, like I was crying and it was just this beautiful, beautiful thing of, you know, this, this fandom is so beautiful and that we come together, we care about for, for other people and for charities and we're willing to throw a little money, you know, towards, toward the cool thing to be part of a really big event. So that was like, I, I don't know, I don't know how anything else could top it. It was just the most, like half the audience get in on this thing. Oh God. I'm, oh, I'm just smiling thinking about it. That's awesome. It's always wonderful to hear stories like that. Um, number two, what advice would you want to give? <laughs> number two, what advice would you give to those who want to write quality stallion on stallion stories? And this includes E through R rated. Um, probably the same advice I give to anybody who writes shipping fix. Uh, make it about the characters. Don't make it about the ship. Um, there are a lot of stories I've seen where and i don't i don't like trials with people because everyone's at different part at different like skill levels and things but there are a lot of people who are like octavia and vinyl scratch and the fact that the two of them are together is enough like they play off make sure they play off of each other and in any selling off done romance uh especially like these and that you know even if they're both totally comfortable with their sexuality which you know a lot of people can have reservations, but even if they're totally comfortable with sexuality, they're still probably going to be that societal pressure. And think about what does what does being queer mean to this person? Because even even if it isn't their whole personality, and it absolutely should not be, it is one part of them, and it doesn't form like how they see the world. And their their experience coming out is going to change how they see everything else. So I think just remember that they are like everything else. Remember that they are characters first, and Think about what what it is that they're going through and what being queer means to them uh, and how that affects their relationships and their actions. Great advice. Wonderful advice. Number three, what is it like to finish Sensation and sell hardcover books of your story? P.S. I love Sensation. It's so good. I'm almost done reading the whole story, so thank you for writing it. Aw, thank you so much. Um, well, Lone Trooper, I do have more copies left, so if you'd like one, I would be happy to ship one to you. But in terms of, like, writing it, uh, the whole story itself took me, I think, nearly four years to get through. Um, like I said, I published about a eight to ten thousand chapter once per month, and I was fucking bawling when I was, when I finished it, like, again, I was, at, I was crying at a, at a, uh, at a caribou coffee, so that was, like, a little bit weird for everybody that was there, but <laughs> writing the last word, and the thing is, like, I had, 
story, I knew what the last sentence was going to be. And so being able to finally write it and say, this is the end of this thing that I've been doing like all through grad school. And like, while I was like, before I was married and after I was married and after I got a house, like this thing that had been such a huge part of my life for so long was, I don't know how to describe it. It was such a huge, huge, huge moment. And the fact that people were still reading it after four years was just, and I wanted to do such a, I wanted to do a good job for those people. And the fact that people were enjoying it is just, it means the world to me that people would, would read that whole thing. Hell yeah. Number four. Sorry, uh, I, I I'm a little bit heavy. I apologize for supposed to be. No, here. no, like, you're fine. Nick, 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 spots, spots, spots. We said, <laughs> no, we, we set our tone. Wonderful, because number four apparently is for me. I have a green rat on my dick, and it smells like blue cheese. And now my cat is telling me to go see a mechanic. I think he's right. All right, number five. I think you're given the choice here between to skull fuck, to vor, as in you're eating them, and stab the fuck out of. Between Flutter Guy with insects crawling out of him while wearing a moth-eaten, grub-infested tuxedo, Granny Smith with a slimy, greasy, cheese-like substance dripping out of all of her holes, including eyes, nose, and ears, Twilight Sparkle covered in bloody paper cuts and an ink-stained coat with a fetish for shoving dictionaries up where the sun doesn't shine and killing yourself is apparently not an option. I think I mercy stab Flutter Guy at that point, because if there's insects crawling out of his skin, then they are not doing well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But, but, Stab no. and twist and stab and twist and, oh, goodness, they're not dying. We're gonna, we're, we're gonna work really hard. We'll figure out something, Flutter Guy. He's basically Oogie, but he's basically Oogie Boogie at this point. Exactly. So we will, yeah, plus, uh, you know, he's fine with, he's fine with insects, so it's like, oh, that's fine. He likes animals. So then you have skull fucking vor, I guess. Those things too. Between um, the other two. I don't fucking know. And vor Granny Smith, because she's got the cheese at least coming out, so it'll make it fatty and tasty. I don't know. Uh, no, I, I think know. I think you nailed it on the head there. I think you <laughs> picked the best don't option. Don't say head when we're talking about skull fucking, you monster. <laughs> Number six. Vivid, you are now the proud owner of the local strip club and must get dates for, oh god, it says all the bar cast members. Uh, let's do the main six. No, no, do no. the bar cast members. Do, okay. do it, bitch. Oh, <laughs> fuck. Okay, so, oh shit, this is question seven through twelve. God damn it. <laughs> okay, number seven. Priest has been trying to flirt with Princess Cadence all night by speaking as the mighty Skeletor! How do you get Cadence to notice Priest and get him laid? Give <laughs> me a favor for that time that I, uh, that Shining Armor wanted to explore stuff with another dude, so I just call that favor in and say, hey, go, go take care of Flutter Priest, kiss him a bunch so he can stop fucking talking, 
but you'll you'll get through this. So that that would be me. So are you our hag in this scenario? <laughs> <laughs> I will be I will be your well, hag. This it's more of a. I found that when it comes to sex stuff, I'm more of a coordinator. Like I want to make sure everybody's having a good time, and like you kiss that person, and like it's. I'll, I'll I'll take good care of y'all. So you're you're in good uh, good hooves with me. See, like I feel that. I feel like every time I go to the strip club, I have like I, I put on my glasses and I have a ch- checkboard. Like, oh yes, he's getting a lap dance. Uh, we have to check in every thirty minutes. Um, it's like, God, thirty minute lap dance would be fucking expensive. Holy shit! You know, that sounds like a profession you could actually do. Coordinating strip club uh, strip club trips. Yes. Yes. Official sex sex club trip manager. Organizer. I love it's it. A va- it's a vacation. <laughs> it's a vacation job. All right. Number eight. Enigma is hoping to get the attention of Senpai, Princess Ember, but keeps trying to duct tape breasts onto her chest, <laughs> resulting in her screaming in Enigma's face to get a proper education on anatomy and leave her alone. How do you get Ember to tolerate Enigma? Saving breast thing is the hardest part because, god damn it, you yeah. break cons- consent matters. I mean, is, no, <laughs> is no one concerned of where I got the breasts? No, that's normal. <laughs> Everyone People goes to the life where they just have body parts. No, the FBI will visit your house as soon as they figure out where you hid the body. <clears throat> Sorry, we, we cut you off, Vivid. Go on. Here's the thing. Enigma's taping breasts dragons. I tell Ember, like, Enigma is desperate enough that they'll do whatever you want. You could freaking torture Enigma and they'll and they'll be cool with it. So just go have fun. It'll be fine. I could just see the light light up in her eyes at the idea of an of an Ember torturing Enigma. <laughs> an Ember? An Ember. That's the name of the ship. So will she, <laughs> will she step on me? She will crush you with a foot. Time. Number nine. Pencil is stalking a frightened Soren around the club, telling gross and obscene stories about blood, cheese whiz, and penis diseases. <laughs> it checks out. How will you help Brayburn get Soren back and find Pencil a new torture subject? Ah. <laughs> uh. Good job, uh, what is this? Good job, Lone Dripper. Um, the easiest thing, I think, is, uh, right? Like, we're, we're cool, right? Yeah. Okay. I'd say, Pencil, I need, I need some help. Can you help me get that guy? And I'd point to any random guy. Or, or, <laughs> <laughs> I actually say, Pencil, I need these people. I wait to about 13 people, and that'll that'll keep Pencil busy long enough for Soren to escape to Brayburn and uh, and uh, spend some time with him. I could see you also being like, uh, hey, Pencil, look, Priest actually has a chance with Cadence, and she'd be like, oh, time to ruin it! All right, number 10. Milk is carrying around a checklist. Okay. Pencil's Milk is carrying around a checklist of various fetishes, asking everyone he meets if they're interested, creating scenes of horror, 
vomiting, and more vomiting. Who will you choose to be Milk's test subject? I mean, partner. <laughs> and I'm guessing this oh. is any equestrian pony. I was just going to say uh, Enigma, because then that, that takes care of two problems at once. But Yes! <laughs> Enigma. I don't think I've been shipped with milk before. <laughs> That's the first time for anything. So again, if you donate to uh, if you donate to Barcast and, and their territory, you can. I will write you a story where I ship milk and enigma. If that's what you desire. Enigma! Oh my god! I think I think Alex is gonna be like, where can I sign up? <laughs> it's gonna it's gonna end with me not getting any sleep because I slept next to milk and he snores like a chainsaw. Not inside of. All right. All right, number 11 is Flam, who apparently is wearing a cheerleader outfit. <laughs> uh, I, I've never seen Flam cross-dress, but damn, he could probably pull off the dress. <laughs> They're cheerleaders. He is being herded by Caramel, Big Mac, and Thunderlane to the strip pole for their enjoyment. But Flam is trying to get to a lonely, lonely Rose Luck. How do you proceed? Are you fucking kidding? Rose Luck is always working the pole. Like, if you've ever been to any strip club in Equestria, Rose Luck is just always fucking, she's always at the one you're at. I don't know what it is, but she's just always fucking there. So, like, you know, just just put them up there and let them dance together for all, for all I fucking care. So, God, is, that, is that why she always faints? Because she jumps for a stripper pole that isn't there? She's <laughs> just tired! She's been up all night on this fucking stripper pole in every strip club in Ponyville, and there's like nine of them for some reason. I don't know how they sustain that. Again, the question economy is just utterly fucked, but just we're looking at, at every single one. So like, I, I don't know. Just just go up there and help her out. Give her a break, if anything else. And number 12 is almost sad. Number 12, Rav is sitting alone, trying to get the attention of Love Tap by memeing at her, but is attracting an aroused Granny Smith and her friends <laughs> instead. Will you intervene to save Ravage, or let the grannies have their way? I mean, old ladies need love too, Rav. <laughs> oh, sorry, but I ain't about that dish rag, man. <laughs> Viv. Here's the thing problem in American society and so I think this is a great opportunity for us to combat you know that sort of prejudice and to give to get Revan finally laid by someone so I say let let them have their way with it and Revan might learn something too along the way <clears throat> no <laughs> <laughs> wonderful no. <laughs> wonderful the next question is from a user Name nobody special, but you'll always be special to us. The question is, can we bring this game to an end and love each other like we are supposed to do? That sounds like a song lyric. Is that a song lyric? I don't know. I'll Google it real quick. You know the rules, and so do I. The 12 hard truths about relationships no one wants to believe. No, I don't think I it's song that. lyrics. <laughs> Um, the answer is no, we can't bring this game to an end. We've got 35 more minutes. Let's go! Yes! Yeah! <laughs> yeah! Uh, the next questions are from Jack of a Few Trades. Number one, 
What is the story you're most proud of writing and why? I want to talk a little bit about sensation. Part of it was that it was so long and it was this, I was really happy that it was such a comp, like, I felt like it was a very complex piece and it talked about, so in my head during that story, like, Soren is in, like, late 20s, early 30s, and Braeburn is in his, like, mid to late 20s. So, like, I was really proud of, like, how I represented stage of life. The other one I'm super proud of, though, is a story I wrote called Not in Rough, the fuck, I'm drunk. Fuck. <laughs> uh, the other one that I'm just super proud of is Not in Bluff, Nor Bravado, Nor Loneliness. It's a story I wrote, like, fucking four years ago or so. Um, Will, and it's basically his story of growing up, and I don't know that anyone's actually figured this out yet, or at least no one's told me about this, but what it actually is is a takedown of toxic uh, toxic masculinity like showing how how does someone go from like a little boy to getting these really really fucking messed up ideas about women and how to treat other people and it's this biggest kind of metaphor where all the and the goats basically any anyone with horns is a male and all the ponies are female and it explores kind of this relationship and how thing happens to the point where you get the iron will that we see in the show who is like, you know, super misogynistic and super hyper-masculine. It's just really, really just a bad guy and not a thing people should strive for. So I'm really proud of how much, like, thought went into just, like, fucking every sentence of that one. Wow. That sounds really cool. Go read my stories and follow me on Fin Fiction. Yes! Like and subscribe! I thought it was masculine. I care I about writing! It was masculine. Probably too much. I thought he was masculine because he was full of bull testosterone. Probably. Also, it sounds like they broke the McFlurry machine. <laughs> Next question. Um, what inspired you to... Well, you kind of already talked about the toxic masculinity. Um, but that were there story, any other major was, factors? I mean, that story was for the outside inside contest. And so I, I think I... God... Yeah, that was when I was in grad school. I wrote that in, I think, a day, which is fucking obscene, because I think it's like 10,000 words long. Last day of the Outside Inside contest on Equestria Daily, and I was like, fuck it, I'm going to do this. And so I did it and just, like, took a day off, because six grad school is a fucking nightmare. Right? Um, okay, so I took oh intro God. to stats in college, and I hated every moment of it. <laughs> you, you've only scratched the surface. <laughs> I remember I was so happy to be done with calculus and they're like, all right, so we're going to do derivatives. I'm like, no, but why? Talk about proofs and matrix methods. Oh my God. I love, like, I love stats to death, but the actual math part of it is so goddamn hard. And because nothing is intuitive, literally nothing in stats is intuitive. Have you guys heard of the birthday problem? No. You're in a room full of people. How many people do you have to have in this room before it's more likely that two people share a birthday than not? Oh, I think I've heard of this. Is, uh, isn't the answer nine? Like, it's like 50. No, everyone guess. I'm curious. Guess how many people it is. I really thought it was nine. Oh, 300, 365. No. <laughs> See, if you get up to 23 people... I think it's 20, it's 23 or 26, but it's like 20, like, uh, like 23 or 26 people, it's more likely that two of them share a birthday than not. 
stupid guys. Nothing is intuitive. I love it. It's like it's so fucking stupid sometimes. Well, <laughs> if the parents all boned on Valentine's Day, then you know, a lot statistically, a lot of them are gonna have the same birthday. Ha <laughs> I was a Valentine's Day baby. I might as bet I might have went might have been one as well. I don't know when my parents have sex because they don't have sex. Next question. <laughs> <laughs> Reese was actually brought by a stork. No, I, I was born through mitosis. <laughs> so you grew out of your mother's toe. The mitochondria is the powerhouse of the cell. So fun fact, I, so I'm opening my beer now, guys, because I ran out of my out of my wine. I've got yeah. a I've got Soren and Brayburn bottle openers. Uh, <gasps> that are like they always they're always together. Aww. Aww. Wait, Aww. how do they open? Like, is it just like, do you like use their mouths to op- open it? Or is it just like there's a design on one side and the opener on the other? I knew you were gonna well, think that. Thoughts. I on the other. Also, I realized I always read Braybird as an alcoholic, so this is a bit of a mixed message, but fuck it. I'm gonna drink this beer now. Yay! Fuck! You wrote that one story where uh, Sunburst mom keeps trying to get her, get a, hook him up with some mares, right? You should beat my son. Yes, I did. Yeah, I, I love that one, especially when he runs <laughs> Braybird at the gay bar. Thank you. I'm glad, I'm glad you enjoyed it. My favorite thing about that one is that Brayburn is, is the good guy, and Fashion Plate is just so fucking frustrated that everybody loves Brayburn instead of him. He was like, uh, he's such a fucking bitch. Yes. <laughs> fucking bitch. I have, a, I have a Fashion Plate cosplay that I wear to most conventions that I go to. Oh, I love Fashion Plate so much. He's such a goddamn fag. <laughs> <laughs> Okay. Oh, man, we shouldn't have left with that. Next uh, next question I'm going to take from the chat uh, out of order just because we love you guys and we like making special exceptions sometimes. Uh, CyberDrake777, who's about to lose his internet, asks, uh, would you hug a bat pony and would you hug a cellus? I would absolutely hug a bat pony. They've got, like, the soft leathery wings. And I would hug a cellus, of course. She's so nice. And I'm sure she would, like... Hug it to like transform into a giant bear that I would get to hug too, which would be even better. So yes, 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 yes. yes. Yay! The next question is from Martin. And when I say bear, I hope you know what I'm talking about. I I do. I've I've been called a bear. Excellent. Called an otter, but that's that. Yeah, I was also called an otter. Uh, Martin Luther Parks uh, has the next question. <laughs> Are you a necrophile? Oh, Milo, don't be scared. I'm so sorry. You scared, kitty? Uh, my dog. His dog. Oh, he mocks her. Um, no. So you gonna finish that, priest? Or... He said no. He said no. That was the whole question. I am not a necrophile. That is. That's All right. right. Now the next questions are from Jammer. Uh, first question, as always, is so vivid. Has the cast been nice to you? It's been wonderful. I am legitimately surprised because their reputation is that, that they ask terrible questions, but they've been thanks. But like they've they've been incredibly kind to me. So support them, support their charity, support their Patreon. Hashtag plug. Hashtag barcast. 
Yay. Hashtag, hashtag. I'm, ha I'm happy that our reputation doesn't precede us. Who told you we were awful? That was probably Zerian. Love you, Zerian. Anyway. Uh, listening to the fucking podcast. Jesus. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. Uh, number one. Can I have the Wi-Fi password? The password is Story Melon Statistics. Uh, melon as in Carnegie Melon. Spaces between the words capitalized on the first word, on the first letters. Oh, okay. Nice. Okay, yeah, no, I'm signed in. I got the 5G. Uh, By the way, my, so my husband, uh, my husband is, for my Christmas present this year, is going to embroider, he's going to embroider the password, or not embroider, uh, cross-stitch the um, Wi-Fi wi name and the password onto, onto a cross-stitch because, as we've recently discovered, his uh, aesthetic is, what do you call it, ironic chic. Or no, ironic, ironic kitsch. Sorry. Aw, that's awesome. He's so fucking adorable. I think he's that'd listening be, right now too. That'd be baby. That'd, that'd be just like having a, a cross stitch that says "fuck off, go away, we don't want guests." I've seen that before. It's wonderful. <laughs> Number two, if you were given thirty-three drinks of your choice every week, would you give ninety, the admin of Fim Fiction, a place to stay at or near your home? I've got my office upstairs that I, that my husband, my husband simply said, you can keep bronies in here as long as you want, because um, I have friends that visit a bunch of the times. Uh, but yeah, I'm the fucking gold Patreon sponsor. I love Fiction, love the, the community he's created, so Nighty is welcome anytime. Anytime that he's in Minnesota, which I don't know why he would visit here, but he's welcome anytime he does. Yeah, no, he lives over in Europe land, so. Exactly. All hail Nighty. All hail. Welcome to Nightfail. Welcome to Nightfail. Was that a welcome to Nightfail reference? I'm a goofy goop. Believe everything. Welcome to Nightfail. All right. I've been binging that podcast recently. I'm sorry. Number three. Would you hug Thing Pony? Would you kiss them goodnight? Would you tell them every little thing's all right? Would you stick your peener in it? Also, for your reference, this is Thing Pwn in the chat. Huh. <laughs> Based on John Carpenter's The Thing. The jammer misspelled the word paneer, which is uh, the Indian cheese that you get when you go to like an Indian buffet. So I would stick paneer in that bone so that it would be full and would not want to eat me. Yay! I think oh, you made like the only good fucker. decision possible. <laughs> All right. Number four. Has the disappointment kicked in yet? Eh. I think one of the like, one of the great things about being queer is that like eventually you realize oh other people's opinions of me don't fucking matter i can just do whatever the sh whatever the fuck i want so how do you get that power i want it this um, sucks years <laughs> of self-hatred and uh -huh. then discovering that you can do whatever you want it's great that's what i need to spec into okay cool thank you so you, you can have candy for dinner exactly why not i, I have done that before <laughs> What was ice cream, but yes. I've had all, all ice cream days. They're sad days. Yeah. <laughs> Number five. Will all have all these questions bother you? Eh. 
these books are cool. Oh, I like it. Uh, Nova Might Wings. Back someday. <laughs> Nova Wings has the next set of questions. Number one. <laughs> Moving on. Not not remarking. <laughs> what hero, real or fictional, would you like to meet first? Or would you like to meet the most? Uh, Soren. <laughs> he can't even save his pie. What are you talking about, hero? Fair enough. My <laughs> hero. A sexual hero. Hmm. Sexual hero. <laughs> hero. Bye, sexual hero. Oh, sorry. <laughs> <laughs> You're my, my sexual hero, hero academia. My sexual hero, Flutterfreeze. <laughs> hey! It's me, your boy, bisexual Flutterfreeze. Streaming on Netflix. <laughs> I'd watch it. Like and subscribe. Hey. <laughs> uh, but no, like, do you have any, like, superheroes that you gravitate to, or... I like Spider-Man because he's such a regular person, and like I've seen the I've seen I mean I've heard the story a million times now, so it's um here is a person who has some powers and has decided to use powers to do his best is like like tell Spider-Man like hug him and tell him you're doing a good job keep keep it up. Aw, that's wonderful, especially for someone whose powers are slinging web and sensing things and not feeling so good. Number two, who is best princess? Ooh, Big Mac, absolutely. Princess Big Mac, perfect. Number three, you uh, fuck, Mary kill between Luna, Celestia, and Twilight. Ah, oh, crap. Ah. Oh. God, that's hard. Like me. Lude. Lude. Um, Celestia, because I feel like that's the most, like, achievement unlocked, I become the ruler of Equestria type of scenario. Like, it's like Caesar type thing. Mm -hmm. And then Mary Luna, because she's been the most understanding and the least neurotic, and she's like, like, let's play video games. Cool, let's do that. And then, <laughs> fuck Twilight, because she's gonna be into some kinky shit. Wonderful. Oh my god. Sorry for my pause. I just noticed that the next thing that they post here is sorry I missed the last guest. So it was an apology. Have a round of drinks on me. And it is a fucking bag of chocolate bagged milk. Full of goddamn fiberglass? Because I'm not drinking that shit anymore. Dairy gold. More like dairy mold. Hey! So, so we just grab a straw and puncture it and just dig in, or...? Yes. It literally shows them just oh. jamming the fucking straw into the center of the bag! Why wouldn't you use a corner, though? That's how you get all no. the milk. You can see it, it in like the picture 
the center of the bag. I see it, and it's all lies, damn it. It says mini sip. This doesn't look like a mini sip. You know, you can just nibble onto the corner and pretend you're a vampire drinking a blood bag. I feel like I tried to do this with the Capri Sun once, and I just ruined my lunch. I I have definitely done that with a juice box, and it did not turn out well. <laughs> you're not supposed to eat the box. I never said I... I ne no, 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 I meant the stopping. <laughs> I meant the straw thing, like, I tried to poke it into somewhere else, and I bent my straw. <laughs> Take I mean, that I as guess... you will. <laughs> You're supposed to go to the hospital for that. Well, poor child, what are you talking about? Sounding off, we have the next set of questions. Uh, it's time for questions with Violon. Who hasn't done the Violon song recently? Rav? Huh? Rav, do I... the Violon song. Why oh, unless you don't want to. <laughs> I could do uh, it. Probably not right now. My throat's all fucked up. Okay. <clears throat> it's time for questions for Violon! Alright. Vivid, how are you today? Pointing question for that much buildup. Uh, uh <laughs> um, doing good. It's Friday. I had a was gonna leave work a little bit early today, but then fu some fucking one of our clients scheduled a meeting at three o'clock for half an hour, and then it went. Then it was. Then I had to take care of a bunch of stuff before I left. So a little stressed, but I'm feeling good right now. I've had. I. I've listened to iced coffee, I've had my wine, I'm in, about halfway through my beer, so I'm feeling pretty drunk right now, and I have to profess meeting after this, so we'll see how that goes. Ooh, well, good luck with that. Violon's usually the one that comes in and asks the most distressing questions that ever get asked on the podcast, but it's usually pretty random whether she actually asks a guest a question or not. So. Well, I appreciate the softball question. I love me some softballs. Speaking of soft balls, we have another male male writer, one that I've actually met, and he's a really fucking cool dude. We have the V-Claw asking questions. Asking as a fellow male male writer, what's a pairing you feel is the most underutilized or underappreciated? Before I answer a side note, you should follow the V-Claw and Stormbutt on Twitter because they're so fucking adorable together. I'm so happy that they're like together and they get to live together. They're just damn cute. It's so good. Um, so it's all about them. They're great people uh, too. There's right, like in like a really close friend of Zorbutt, and I've talked a few times with Eclaw and like he's a really good dude too. And they're just they're just such good people. And it's just like I love Pony Fandom so much and there's so many good writers and everything and so many good people in here. Um mushy 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 gosh gosh gosh. Mm. Uh the most underrated or underappreciated is like this is gonna almost sound like um so Stormbutt has written a lot of like caramel and Big Mac fic uh, fiction and I love how that pair does how that pair does he always writes caramel as this really like nerd 
nervous guy and Big Mac is a really, really relaxed guy. And the, the dynamic that they share is so, 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 so good that someone who's like always stressed out and always nervous for someone who's just always hyper relaxed but struggles to talk about their feelings is there's so much just gold there. It's just beautiful, beautiful, beautiful writing gold that I think, you know, more, more Caramel Big Mac stuff, I would love to see that sort of thing. Hell yeah. Awesome. Yeah. Terry the Human is next. She says, um, this is my first time in my Hi, very first question. Terry, welcome to the podcast. So, um, to Vivid Syntax, have you ever played the game Doki Doki Literature Club? <gasps> I have not played Doki Doki Literature Club. Um, I... Uh, can I get... Am I allowed to be a little bit heavy on this podcast? Yeah. Like, I struggled with suicide when I was in when I was in high school, and I know and a good friend of mine killed himself, so, like, suicide things is just kind of, like, a trigger thing for me, and I don't I don't like that stuff, and I know Doki Doki has a little bit, like, explores those scenes a little bit, so that's not a thing that I really want to explore. I've heard it's really, really, really good, but I'm just not in a place yeah. where I want to it. Yes. Okay, so... I, I totally understand. Um, as a part of the spoilers, sorry, spoilers. <laughs> no, no, it's 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 fine. Also, I think that Doki Doki's probably been spoiled ten ways till Sunday with all of its memes. Um, plus, it's been like what a year since it's been out, something like that. Yeah, it's it's, it's your own fault if you haven't figured it out by now. It's it's a really good game. Uh, if if you don't want to play it, if it's on Steam for free, Pencil and I did a let's play for it on our Barcast channel. Uh, go to the Barcast YouTube, and it's there. It's really fucking good, but... Um, you won't be okie-dokie yeah, after dokie-dokie. Yeah, you won't watch that because I don't have time because I'm running conventions. Oh. Hell yeah. <laughs> now the next set of questions is from a really wonderful Avatar OC named Brittany. Hey, I love her. She's so great. Hi, Vivid! Hi. First question. Was there scenes in Sensation that were based on any actual uh, burps, any actual experiences in your life? Uh, yes, there were. Unfortunately, uh, <laughs> again, with a little bit of the heavy stuff. Um, a lot of the for there's kind of a minor plot is alcoholism, and that is a unfortunately, and as well as some of the relation like unhealthy relationships is definitely a thing that I've lived through, which is again, I want like again going back to the idea of write the thing that you wish you had when you were when you were growing up. Like it's a thing that I've had to live through and it's not there to show like here's how you can go through that and here's how you can process some of that stuff. Um luckily I mean I, I still have both my parents, which is which is great and they're still happily married and everything, which is a but there's there is a lot of the like really really personal stuff that happens in that story is based on on my real life. It's always really it, it's usually normal to hear that a writer kind of inserts their own experiences into their work, but especially when it's something heavy, you know, that's it, it's it's good to see writers open themselves up like that. The next question is uh, why did you choose statistics over journalism? So I love journalism, and I feel really smart about this or really wise about this, but I've heard the advice from a lot of people of thing that you love for a living, 
living because then you'll start to hate it. And like, yeah. statistics a lot, but it's not my favorite thing. And so it's a really, it's a really good thing that like, I enjoy it, but I can get frustrated with it, and it's fine because that's not my entire identity. I don't personality had on that thing so i can go there i can do statistics i can make a bunch of money i can enjoy it or hate it and at the end of the day then i can come back and write pony fan fiction and that's that's still a hobby for me that i can still enjoy under my own terms so that's that's kind of why i chose it that's the right way to do it because funny enough i actually have a little input on this like uh my, my mother identified her entire life based on what she does for a living and now she's retiring and guess what? They're having an identity identity crisis. So, don't do that. <laughs> All right, uh, number three. You can only choose one. You must choose between Rayburn, Rarity, Fashion Plate, or Big Mac. Question is this? What kind? Of, <laughs> what kind of question is this? Yeah, Rayburn. Like Rayburn. Yeah. No Braver. argument. <laughs> Um, do you plan on writing any original stories? And with you being a journalist, I'm sure you already have. So I've written a little bit of original fiction. It's never seen published. It's never been like published before. One of the things that I really like about fan fiction and about uh, a lot of this, a lot of this whole fandom thing is just that it's a shared space. Everybody already knows these characters a little bit and has the understanding coming into it. So original fiction before but like again it's, it's crossing that line into making it my living and like making the thing where people have a lot of expectations so i'm gonna kind of leave it in the hobby space right now i think so i don't, I don't have any plans of writing original fiction maybe someday it'll be a cool thing like guy who when i set a goal for myself i will just fucking relentlessly pursue that thing if i just the hospital by no, fuck so no, much. I think you're fine. Fuck. Um, <laughs> but I, I don't plan on it. Maybe someday I can see myself challenging myself to say, you know, screw it. We're gonna write an original story and try to get it published. So I could, I can see myself doing that. But uh, no, no plans right now. That is one of the hardest endeavors you'll ever undertake, and I wish you luck when you do it. Thanks. The next question is, how did you discover Sorburn? A great question. Um, I like that way better than uh, Brayrin. <laughs> the other one I've seen is uh, Burnin, which I, I actually kind of like quite a lot. There's a, there's, oh, there's a story called Burnin, which is like, that's, that's clever and that's cute. And it's like, a, implies like a kind of desire. It's like, that's, that's really good. Yeah. How did I discover Sorburn? I I honestly don't remember how I first discovered it. I think it was. Remember, it's it's one of those things where it's just like it's they are they are OTP, so they've they have always been and always will be. All right. That's all I got. Then, Sorry. <laughs> no, it's all good. Uh, the next set of questions are from Vandamoose, and these four will probably close us out. Uh, number one is, all of your coins are tiny mimics. You being a veteran role player, I'm sure you're aware of what a mimic is. What do you do if all of your coins are tiny mimics? 
It's the fucking 2010s. I use a credit card like every normal person. The coin thing does not fucking bother me. Who uses coins anymore? This is this is not an issue at all. Right, but how would you handle it in D&D? Playing, if I'm playing my uh, Twin Strike Ranger, my Dragonborn Ranger guy, my original character, then I'm just like, fuck it, I'll take an action point and just shoot fucking everything with arrows, and it's fine. That's what he does. <laughs> no problem that can't be solved with the application of more arrows. Uh, if I'm playing my cleric guy, then I'll just turn undead. I don't know. Like, turn fucking... the money undead. So I, one of my favorite things to do when I'm hanging out with friends is do impromptu D&D sessions, and I'll literally just like take whatever whatever thing is inspiring me at that moment, and we'll say, indeed, but you're these things. And so when we were at uh, friends at a convention once, and I said, all right, guys, we're all bored. So I said, all right, guys, we're playing D&D. You're all you're in a library, and you're all different types of books book that they're and someone like picked a dictionary and someone picked an encyclopedia and someone picked a fiction novel and we just role play these books trying to fight off this evil librarian who's gonna throw them out and like on the experience I've had with people because it was just such a fucking impromptu nonsense thing that people ever that everyone got into it and uh and if you again if you've never played D D play it it's so much fun it's such a it's such a great time all you need is a 20 set of dice Fair enough. Oh god. Yep. Uh, it just clicked in my mind. What, Sorry, I'm what drunk no, I have a different name. I have a different name that I call that with my friends. I just call it the D twenty game because then I don't realize they're role playing and it's great. <laughs> nice. Uh, number I two would be um, uh, how how would you probably punish Spike for existing? He's like a cat. He just kind of exists and does what he wants to do. And you can't really fault him for doing things because, like, it's just in his nature. So I'd mostly just let him, like, crawl up on my lap and pet him really nicely because, like, Spike, Spike doesn't need to be punished. He just he, he just needs some love. Hmm. But how will he learn? Uh, friendship lessons or some bullshit like that. <laughs> Fair enough. Fair enough. Uh, I'm going to take our last question from the chat itself because we see a new name out there. The brown, the brown Crown of Roses. I wasn't originally going to ask any questions, but what is your favorite story or top five you can't choose on fan fiction? Oh, God. There's so many good ones. Again, I don't have as much time to just... I, I'm, I uh, do a lot of convention running, and, I, and when I'm not, a lot of the fan fiction time I spend is just like me writing my own stories. As much as I should, um, I've tried to be. I've been trying to get in the habit of like at work on my breaks. I'll read a. I'll read part of a story or all the story just to. Um. Let's see. Where's my favorite story on conviction? Hmm. It's bad because I can't remember the author's name or the name of the story, but it's a really good story, guys. That really good story that exists. <laughs> There's one by Gabriel. His last name is French, and I can't fucking pronounce it. But it's a story about um, this dark spirit where, like, a cuckold, it's a cakelding thing where Mrs. Cake is cheating on Mr. Cake, and is Mr. Cake slowly going insane? It was so well written. It 
was just like, it stuck with me for so long. The other one I will say is The Lunatics by Space Kami. And there's no way that Space Kami is ever going to finish the story, which makes me incredibly sad. The story is Luna takes, basically makes her own main six out of a bunch of kids. It's like, it's Soren, it's Minuet, it's Dr. Caballeron, it's like, and a bunch of other characters. And she says, we're going to go into the Changeling Hive and defeat Chrysalis. And it's basically a suicide mission, and it's it's just the adventure part of it is so well written, and it's again like Space Comedy's never gonna finish this. It's been like fucking two years since they've updated, and I'm incredibly sad for this, but it's just so good. And it's a really good example of writing a story where the perspective is constantly changing. But I, I highly recommend it, even though it's not awesome. Then that said, we're just about out of time. So the next question I'm going to ask you is, if there are any questions that maybe someone who's watching this after the fact didn't get around to, or someone who wants to just, you know, say hi, talk about, hey, you know, I read your story and just really inspired me, what would be the best way for them to get in touch with you? How can they pay attention to the stuff that you create and stuff that you hype up uh, after the cast? Certainly. Um, so I am Vivid Syntax on on uh, Fin Fiction. That's V-I-V-I-D plus S-Y-N-T-A-X, uh, if you're typing it into the, into the bar. Um, I'm also really active on Twitter, just as uh, vivid syntax, one word. Um, and I guess I would just say, like, feel free to talk to me. I think one of the, one of the things that a lot of authors talk about is, you know, we live and die by comments. We love talking to people that have read our story. So if, if, something, if something I've written has meant something to you, please, please, please do tell me and please tell the other authors that have read stories that have meant something to you because that's something we've written, we wrote was important to you. So we, um, you telling us is the only way that we know and that it, it makes my, it makes my fucking week and sometimes my month if I hear that someone got something out of something I wrote. So we're really, really friendly. Give it a, uh, comments. Sunshine. Hell yeah. Well, in that case, then, dude, thank you so much for coming on. This was a really fun cast. I love this. Aw. Well, we're really happy you had a good time. Um, are you guys are... in Minnesota or in the Midwest area? I am. I was actually just inside Minnesota for a couple days to do some fishing. Why didn't you say hello? So I am not there now, but I am close-ish. It's like a seven-hour drive. But so who's this guy named Minnesota and why were you inside him? That said, next week on the cast, <laughs> we have a person who is breathing. Uh, or we need to reach back out to our guests, make sure everything's good. And, and, and so, oh, well, look at you. Who's our guest for next week, Milk? Shino. Shino? Shino Dash? Shino Daje! Yeah, that one. Shino. They do Tumblr art and do naked pizza pone and something, something I'm going to nut all over his face about Delta V because I love her. That said, thank you for watching this edition of the Barcast. This has been an Enigmatic Otaku. Wow. Okay. Milk. Ooh. Syntax, it's been great being here. <laughs> I'm like, you're at the end of the list. <laughs>
Fine, I'll, I'll wait my turn then. Ravage. I bent my straw. Our Maybe. wonderful guest, Vivid Syntax. <laughs> Thank you guys so much for having me. Um, again, let me know when you guys are fucking accepting combat shit. People would donate to save horses. Hell yeah. We definitely will. And my name's Water Priest. Have a great weekend, everybody. Don't die. Woo! Death is bad.